This is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. <laughs> and Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring the Yay and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Somero. And we have a wonderful guest, Evan Held. Evan, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm great. It's great to be here. Yay! <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, you helped us out. You were um, David in Giovanni's room uh, when we right. did the, the with Baldwin the Baldwin project. Centennial Project. Centennial yeah. Project. And uh, you've been doing all sorts of uh, cool things. You uh, work for San Francisco um, Shakespeare Company. That's how we met. Yes. Yeah, that's how we met. Uh, Norman and I were both doing an understudy gig. I'm more um, keyed into their education department uh, mm-hmm. right now. And the leadership sphere, we kind of replaced one person role with a work group of people. And we're doing a lot Very to smart. reshape the whole approach to education and mm-hmm. and all that. It's a lot of it's a lot of good work. I'm seeing a lot of good stuff come out of it. I got invited on the team. I was like, um, I can't right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's all right. You're busy, Norman. Suddenly. Yeah. I mean, not suddenly. It's been going on for a little while, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, recently, I mean, we can get into how was your week. I mean, poor you. I mean, just a couple of hours <gasps> ago. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I've been looking for this. I'm sorry. You can't see this is audio. Um, I have an eyeliner that I like to use, and I just did an audition. I just did a videotaped audition, and because I was going to take my glasses off and let my eyes be seen, I was like, oh, shit, I should do my eyes. Yeah. I couldn't find this. Oh, it's uh, here. Okay. I had no idea. It's, no, it's in my, oh, it's it in was in pocket. my pocket oh, of a shirt it. that I barely ever well, wear. Well, don't leave it here. No, no, no. It's, this is all, all right, going all right. with me. Yeah. Uh, no, I've gotten you. I've been back to Reg's house so many times. Reg, I left this. Reg, I left that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm. So I started to say before we jumped on, um, we just had our first understudy rehearsal yesterday. We are scheduled for one more. They cut Can us. Can you mention short. the show? Water by the Spoonful. There it's you at go. the San Francisco Playhouse. Um, just opened last Wednesday. Exciting, wonderful cast, wonderful story, wonderful storytelling. I talked to a friend this morning, and she said that she doesn't like, like, she was talking about, is it Terrence Malick, um, famous uh, film director, has a new film out. Um, She was talking about how that went, and some other films she saw, and she said, I just don't like the way they're doing this now. Like, people don't talk to each other anymore. And I went, because that's the era that we're in. So Water by the Spoonful largely takes place in a, an online community of recovering uh, crack addicts. Oh. And, and it's beautiful and wonderful in the sense that you see the spectrum of who these people are. So the, thing, the assumptions that one might make, they get shattered. And, and it's beautiful. The play is beautiful. The cast is wonderful. I'm looking at Dorian Lockett, who I just sent an email to this morning, so hopefully yeah. we'll have him on soon. Finally, we've been yeah. talking about him for years. Yeah. Um, I'm understudying Dorian. Dorian is larger than me. Um, Dorian has. Dorian is sort of like a black Burl Ives or something. He's just. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, yeah. he's just gregarious. <clears throat> I guess would be the word yeah. and humble. Only actor I've ever seen show up to an understudy rehearsal. He came and sat in on our rehearsal specifically to help me, but also to help other people make some adjustments and figure out where they were going. It's been, and because I'm equity, I guess I can say all this because I'm equity. Good luck. Well, so 
the understudy contract, SF Shakes, yeah. and, and I heard all kinds of nightmare stories when we finished yesterday. Everybody who's done understudying had nightmare stories. And I'm like, SF Shakes brought me in. I had a couple of weeks of just sitting there, being paid, and sitting there and taking in what was going on. And every time there was a break or something, I'd jump on stage. The actors were so gracious to me. Oh, yeah. Completely, you know, sharing and talking about what the process was and what they understood about the character. And giving me notes on what I was doing. You know, just sort of correcting. So, no, I'm, I'm like, I, and this is not that experience at all. <laughs> I went to one rehearsal on salary, and then the stage manager, every time I call him, says, I can't call you. I can't talk to you. Um, because they can't call me in because of equity. They cannot call me in without me being on the clock. Oh, really? So the other actors have had rehearsals. The other actors have been required to go to things. Not me. So this was me meeting the other understudies, and, and it's exciting. So I started this by saying, Caleb... I'm like, he gets up to introduce himself, and I'm like, dude, I know you. I've seen you in a couple of things. And he's like, yeah, but what's your name? <laughs> Which I don't run into very often in the Bay Area. And I was like, wow, yes, I'm Norman. Hi. <laughs> so That's anyway. The fun yeah. thing about theater is when all these people, they get to know you on stage, and they feel like they know you intimately and personally, mm -hmm. and then... You know, you just don't know them at all. And right. They come up and they talk to you like we've been best friends and hanging out. But. Oh, yeah. No. No. And, yeah, so when we connected, mm -hmm. showing up in the park and kind of going, hey, what are we doing? And, oh, my God, we're in these masks. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and then suddenly it was like, oh, here's your chance. Or here's – we don't know what's going on this weekend and we don't know who's going to be in yeah. and who's out. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, I ended up covering for you. Yeah, you did. Opening I told weekend. them I was going to be gone one week. And, then and they were, it was opening weekend. So they said, no, the actors will be here. It'll be fine. And then we had a COVID scare. Yeah. And one of the actors might not, have, might, might not be allowed back in again because of all the protocols. And Evan was gone. And they said, can you cover Evan's part? <laughs> now, was that, was that Pericles? Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay, got it. Yeah, so luckily I ended up learning like the, four roles. It was a small bit part of it, but... They took yeah. that off my track because they were like, well, we've already done it with Norman. So, it... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's fine, though. You know, there's some wonderful people at SF Shakes. I, they are wonderful. Alan and that's Coyne, smart. That's totally. Yeah, it is. Alan Coyne I, I was, was my overstudy, and I had a hard time convincing him that this was his part and that I wasn't going to be part of the creative decisions. Right. He wanted to bring me in. He's like, come on, let's, let's workshop some ideas. And I'm like, no, 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 this is you. He's cause, and, and I don't He's mean so this wonderful. pejoratively at all. He's a clown. Yeah. He's in. So tonight I will be at central works uh, doing box office. He's in the show. Oh really? So we had just auditioned. I just got told much ado. No, not me. Mm -hmm. Just got that email. But when we auditioned, I, I got into the little Zoom thing, and then Alan pops up. And I'm like, oh, my God, everywhere I go, there you are. And like two nights later, I went to hold book for them on the show at Central Works, um, Escape from the, the Asylum. Escape Asylum, yeah. Yeah, and um, I parked my car, and there's Alan walking up the street. I rolled down my window. I'm like, no, motherfucker, you do not. Where the <laughs> fuck are you? <laughs> That guy so, is everywhere. He's he, and he's wonderful. Oh, it was so wonderful, and yes, we will we will get into your stuff more. Yeah. But it was wonderful to watch you step into the role. Well, I mean, having I, having had my shot, it was wonderful yeah. watching you do it. It was. It, I mean, it's wonderful with Alan Coyne specifically. I love watching him work, and he does some great stuff. 
um, it's always a little scary being an understudy going on. You know, mm-hmm. and understudying is not my favorite thing to do. Nobody's. Um, you no, know, I, I love having the creative decision. But with this show, they they really you know let me take it and go. And the funny thing about that character mm-hmm. is that Alan based his bit of that character on a character I had done in a show with him in the past. And so it was it was all familiar <laughs> to me already. We did Comedy of Errors is the, oh, the, yeah, yeah. the school tour where yeah. we, you know, get five actors, throw them in a van, get right. a rinky dinky set, oh, I've done it. drive them out to a school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you perform, you know, some days you'll perform in these grand, we were just talking about this, these auditoriums. amazing yeah. auditoriums. Oh, yeah. this, like, I have never been in a theater <clears throat> this amazing with this fly system and yeah, all these yeah, lights. Yeah. And then the next day, you're performing for these underprivileged kids in a cafeteria that mm-hmm. hasn't had the floor swept in a week. Right, right. And and all of those and the libraries. Just, oh, and the libraries too. Yeah. Where you have to squeeze into yeah. a library to do your performance. <laughs> There's people reading and they're looking at you like, "What is going on?" Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've done that before. Yeah, it's yeah, supposed yeah. To be quiet. Why are we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about how you come out of school thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, this is this is yeah. how it's going to be all the time. Right. Proscenium theaters, and I've got all sorts of stage hands doing everything for me. And yeah. nope. welcome, welcome to the real world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to grab that chair, and you're going to take it off, and then you're going to do your cost, your quick change. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe your fellow actor will have a minute where they can help you with that quick change. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, I remember doing, uh, when we first did The Marriage of Bet and Boo, it was at a converted um, um, laundromat. I mean, mm, there wasn't right. even, I mean, the lights were just, you know, click, flick on, flick off. And the bathroom, you had to go through the stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we told audience members, listen, before we begin our show, if you Everybody. have to use the bathroom. Yeah. Go do it now. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So, uh, but that was interesting. All right. So uh, you've told us how your week is. Well, I guess we have to, you know, be but, but big, the big, We got to touch on at least the biggest current event of the week. Yes, well, Ketanji Brown Jackson. <laughs> yes. You know, I Can't was. Wait. I Can't had wait. to taking that day off. Damn it. Yeah. I am taking that day off. The day she gets sworn in. Yeah. I'm going someplace public. I am going to be my, out there. My blood pressure was poppers. way, way, way high. Have you guys read into the whole, the thing about the this whole child porn thing? Yes. I mean, so to make a long story had short, to. there was an 18 year old kid who is gay who was just trying to find a sexuality, mm-hmm. found some images mm-hmm. of people his age, right. underage, right. who were engaged in sex acts, <coughs> thought he had a friend <coughs> online, mm-hmm. shared those images. That friend happened to be an undercover cop. Sure. He got busted. Right. He admitted to it. Basically right. said, listen, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. The sentencing guidelines, this is something that Kentonji Brown Jackson was trying to explain. She is educated outdated. the whole country on it, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, when it was written... The internet was not a thing, and people right. were not distributing right. material online. Yep. Now people are. So she sentenced him to, I think, three months in jail, yep. plus uh, community service yep. and, uh, I think, probation. Yep. And you've got you know uh, Lindsey Graham and all these other Republicans. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, basically saying that, oh, you're soft on porn, you mm-hmm. know, you're, which is just ridiculous. And it really undermines... You know, we need judges. We need everyone to, when we talk about discretion, like we talk about prosecutorial discretion at our office all the time, working for the DA's office. You can prosecute someone and send them to jail for the rest of their lives. But will that really help them? Right. 
Or society. Or society, yeah. exactly. Is this somebody you really need to never see the light of day again? Yeah. And so what she did was appropriate, and it helped him out. Yep. And the guy, I forget his name, uh, starts with a K. Um, and I had it written down, but I don't have it written down now. But he Oh, this guy. Yeah, yeah th- this guy. He basically says, you know, like, my, I've moved on with my life. I'm thankful mm. that I didn't have to spend 10 years in jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there was another individual, that Kentonji Brown Jackson, who was taking pictures of his 10-year-old daughter. Right, right, right. He spent a much, much longer time in jail. So you have to, yep. you have to be de- refined. And if we're going to mention her, <clears throat> we've got to mention Corey. I'm Corey not Booker. a big yes. fan of Cory Booker. I'm really not. But that speech, I have listened to at least three times. Wow. Because, yeah. oh, my God, he said, no, you don't understand. And who? He called somebody else out. Kamala. He called Kamala out at one point. He says, we have these moments where we look at each other and we know we are here in the room we are privileged to be here in the room and we are here in the room because of what our ancestors did to work hard to Mm. make this possible exactly you deserve this you have earned this i am so happy to i look up i don't even know you he said but i look up and i see my sister and i thought he's gonna say my mom because that's i looked at her a few times i looked at the expression on her face and i was like Ooh, I know that one. That's my mom. That's yeah. my mom not happy about something, and yeah. she ain't going to say nothing, but ooh, just, yeah. she, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. And do you know that she, there's a theater connection, because when she was in Harvard, she was in Little Shop of Horrors. With uh, Mo Rocca. Yeah. If you are an NPR fan and you listen to, wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah. One of the guys mm-hmm. is Mo Rocca. He's the one who posted that. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. They posted the bill, the uh, the playbill. Playbill. Oh, cool. Yeah. With their names circled. Little Shop is in such an interesting show. I... It's in such much trouble right now, too. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, Berkeley Playhouse. Oh. Yes. Um, Berkeley Playhouse is doing it. They managed to cast the three black women because that oh, is not we only. About this. Yeah. I looked it up and then I I had to go online and comment about it because I was like, mm-hmm. wow. In the casting, when you go to buy, to rent this show to pay the licensing fees, when you go to do that, it tells you what the cast breakdown is. In their cast breakdown, there's a cast breakdown, and it says, we really don't care what the ethnicity of anybody in this show is except these three black women. Mm. And Berkeley Playhouse not only didn't do that, and not only didn't do it because they were doing a multi-culty thing, there are other non uh you know uh, poc people of color but but not black and they said because they took issue with the racial i forget how they put it the racial something basically they're saying the people who wrote the show were being racist i was like uh you mean the people who took an old roger corman horror film turned it into a campy musical and added a trio of chorus like doo-wop black girls Into the show to comment on what was going on. It's, it's as if they're saying, <clears throat> well, you know, you can't have these cliches yeah. of black people. Right. It's not a cliche. Nope. It's a celebration they, of very black much. music. It very, and, and black, <clears throat> those kids Especially sitting the in the neighborhood while this horror goes on and saying, uh-uh, it's going to get bad. Watch yeah. out, it's going to get bad. That's exactly what it is. That's how it's written. It's not step and fetch. It is basically like the Shirelles mm-hmm. or, let's say, the Supremes. Prior to the Supremes, yes. Exactly, yep. yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, Evan, do you have any thoughts on, like, Contingy Brown Jackson, just the whole process and... Um, 
Uh, I haven't been following it too closely, if I'm honest. I, I've, I've seen it in the sidelines, and I'm like, oh, this is this is big, and I think I'm going to take a look at it when it's all done. In Sipped out all so, yeah. the horrible but, stuff. Yeah, I mean. Because yeah. they were horrible. Either you can be proud to be an American because this is the process, and mm-hmm. you know it shows that the process, especially in real time, we get to see yep. the beauty of it and also the ugliness of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can be outraged. You can say, my God, you know, why do we have to go through this? And why does, you know, any woman, you know, because I'm sure Contingy Brown Jackson, she conducted herself so well. Yep. But it has to be, I mean, just the gauntlet of, of this. Yeah. It was brutal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's that. Guess who's 91 years old? Uh-oh. Captain Kirk William Shatner. Today? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, to this week. Yay! <laughs> Happy birthday. Bill Shatner, my Loving goodness. Loving Bill Shatner. <laughs> I love doing my William Shatner <laughs> imitations. In any case... Uh, um, Bill Shatner is on Twitter, and he doesn't do a lot, but every now and then he just will just eat somebody alive. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. it's gorgeous. The, yeah, he has a bit of a temper. He's been becoming an mm-hmm. angry yeah. old man. But, um, I look forward to that. I, yeah. I want to do that. You're going to be a, a great angry old man. <laughs> <I can>. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a jovial angry, though. It's yeah. going to be great. I hope so. You know, we haven't talked about Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner is the WNBA player who <gasps> is you. still in Russia. Yeah. And, you know, if this had been Tom Brady, if this had been, you know, LeBron yeah. James, yeah. it would be national news. But because she's a black woman. Oh, the government would be all on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd have people there having high-level discussions about this. Yeah. And she did speak to, I think, a diplomat basically saying she's okay, and I'm sure there are things happening behind the scenes. But this really should be a much, much bigger story, and it hasn't been. And this has been going on for a while now. So, yeah, so that's going on. Mm -hmm. I didn't have much else. So we were talking, Evan and I, about the fact that I think there's an article that about 10% of the population in San Francisco has moved since 2010. (laughs) Oh, you say yay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I... I lived in San Francisco for 12 years. Yeah. Um, I know, and I've moved all over. I probably lived in at least half a dozen places. I know. And in fact, I ended up in Oakland because the housing is just so insane over there. Mm-hmm. So you can't keep complaining about the place being overpopulated. And then when it drops, go, oh, wait, there's a problem. It dropped. No, more. Get rid of more people. <laughs> just as long as they're not my friends. You know, I always feel sad when... Um... Friends of mine are like, I just can't afford to stay here anymore. Yeah. You got yeah. a couch? They could stay here? <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. You want to come sleep on this couch? <laughs> <laughs> but, Evan, you're doing okay. I mean, you're not being hit by gentrification. I mean, you're... No. Are no, you in the city? I'm doing well. I, I just recently moved to San Francisco. Uh, okay. I'm working with San Francisco Shakespeare Festival. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm... I'm Pretty happy with my job. I'm I'm really happy with my job. Not to <laughs> yeah. make an official statement, mm-hmm. um, but I I'm really enjoying it. I've lived kind of around the Bay and around San Francisco my whole life, and so being here, I you know I feel like a stranger in a familiar land, mm-hmm. and it's it's been pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were talking about how there are a lot of companies that. <clears throat> didn't make it. There's some that have. And also yeah. with COVID-19, mm-hmm. there are a lot of companies that have taken, you know, a big hit. Oh, before we get into uh, an origin story, what do you think about SF Playground? You know, you uh, you saw it? Oh, um, water? Water by the... Oh, um, yeah. No, oh, Playground, about... Playground. Playground, yeah. I was home mm-hmm. 
there were glitches. So your show was going wonderfully, and then it glitched out, and then it came right, fortunately, it was only a minute or so, and mm-hmm. it came back. Uh, minus the glitches, it was a lot of fun. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> it was good to see uh, Playground you know, in action. And, and I was also- sorry you weren't able to be there. It's such oh, a wonderful scene. No, yeah, it's... It, well, I, I guess I should just blame myself because I thought it was going to be a portrayal stage. So oh, no, there. no. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm outside, I'm outside. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I got to go to Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the time, I mean, with Bart and all this. Right, like, yeah. Portrayal stage is nowhere near Bart, so. Yeah, yeah. But in any case, no, but I'm very, very happy to see the presentation. The actors did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. All of the actors for all of the shows did a wonderful job. It was good to see Crystal Piemonte Jong on. Her birthday is today. Is today. Yeah. <laughs> so that's very, very cool. Let's get into an origin story. Evan Held. Uh, where were you that's born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised in um, San Rafael, California. Yeah. Kind of. And then um, moved to Novato, California. Um, mm-hmm. In that area. Uh yeah, mostly stayed in NorCal my whole life. I went to Novato High School. There's like a, a small magnet program there for some arts education. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of theater. I've, I've done a lot of theater since I was really young. In middle school, my mom... Okay, this is a great way to tell the story. My mm-hmm. mom always tells the story this way. Is She says, Evan, you're so dramatic. <laughs> you should do theater. And... In, in her way of telling the story, I'm looking in the mirror at my reflection, and I flip my hair, and I go, <laughs> I couldn't do theater. I get stage fright. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's true. I, I get stage fright every time. Um, yeah, you know, it's good. I, you know, it's just, uh, we were talking about this a little bit ago. Yeah, you, the energy that you have just before you go on stage. Yeah. Use it. Use I, it. I now that use way. that in my acting classes. I tell my students, all that fidgeting and stuff you're doing, that's... I, I finally came up with an image that I think works. It's like you're a car going down the road with your gas cap off, and you're going, yeah. and you're just sputtering away all this energy. Put that cap on, hold onto that energy, and put it into the performance, mm-hmm. and the audience will never know the difference. They'll be like, that moment where you were standing there, just like intense. That was so intense. You're like, yeah, I was scared shitless. Yeah, I've had moments where I was like, oh, I forgot a line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then somebody came up, and they're like, that moment you took, you just took your time, and I was like, yeah, I was really. Terrified. Thinking about what my line was. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any siblings? Uh, I do. I've got um, two older brothers. Uh, uh, one of them, three years older than me. He is, uh, he, I don't know what the actual term is nowadays, but he, at the time we said he's on the autism spectrum. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what this did for me was it, um, it gave me a lot of trauma in my early life. Mm, sure. But what it did was it, it made me more open-minded towards a lot of people and different perspectives, which is really helpful in theater. Mm-hmm. But it also led me to what I'm doing right now with San Francisco Shakespeare Festival is this amazing program called Shakespeare's Heartbeat, mm. where we take, um, it's developed by this woman, and I can't remember her name, of the Royal Shakespeare Company. Ah, uh-huh. um, it's, uh, Kelly Hunter. Kelly Hunter. Yay. And she adapted this curriculum where you take the words and stories of Shakespeare and you use them to play these games that teach communication to skills mm-hmm. on the autism spectrum. Nice. And so lately I've been, and I think it works more for any, any neurodivergent child or anything. And, mm-hmm. and we've taken this and we're at like Francisco Middle School and we're doing 
all this stuff. We I've seen some wonderful progress from these students, mm-hmm. some nonverbal students that just don't communicate, but they're still playing these games mm-hmm. with yeah. us just in their own little ways. Yeah. And then we're at the College of Adaptive Arts, which is this wonderful um, school in San Jose for uh, adults in special education. And they're, you know, just these wonderful people. And it's so wonderful getting this opportunity to, to take, you know, a lot of my history in the past, what I've learned dealing with uh, a lot of these neurodivergent people mm-hmm. and, and making a, a difference with that, merging that with theater, something yeah, I didn't think yeah, I was yeah, going to be yeah. able to do. No, that is awesome. That is fantastic. And uh, I imagine now when, because I know I'm sure the burden must have been on the, your, I guess, the, your, you and your other brother, your middle brother, as far as taking care of your older brother. Yeah. And, you know, and um, my, my oldest brother was from my dad's uh, first marriage. So he wasn't around all that time. And um, he's like five years older than my older brother. Okay. So he was off in high school. He was living his life. He was doing his thing. And so I was really there around um, my brother a lot. And what was an interesting point in my life was when I realized that I had become the older brother. Oh, you know, interesting. Where, you know, this, this person that you look up to, you know, you're a child. Sure. Your older brother's there, and you think they're the coolest person in the world, and you want to be just like them, and then you grow up, and you start to see that they're not advancing at the same level as you. You can't hold these conversations with them, mm. and you realize that you have to step up and, like, be the 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 model for the good behavior, and you yeah. have to be... This and it's this. It was this weird flip of going from being the youngest sibling to mm-hmm. being an, uh, not the youngest sibling, right? You know, is uh, yeah. the responsible one. Yeah, yeah. the response. I mean, not that you, I was because you grew up. But. You grew up with your older brother, not the oldest brother, but yeah, yeah. And the oldest brother, he was around. Love him so much. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. he's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I, I grew up directly around my older brother a lot. And okay, we, you know, yeah. Yeah, now that's cool. Um, now, talk about your your secondary education because you uh, we talked when we were on our, my patio about us uh, waiting for me because yeah. I had to get a jump start. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> but we were talking about like Stanislavski and method acting mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And you had a little bit of that basic training, right? Yeah, I did. I went. Um, you know, I I, got, I learned some of that in high school. I had a really great uh, teacher in high school. Um, and I, I went to a community college cause after high school I thought, oh, I don't really know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I've been doing theater, but I thought, oh, I'll branch out. Mm-hmm. I'll go to this community college. It'll be cheaper than diving right into something, mm-hmm. some big four year, you know, student loan debt. Um, and so I did that to branch out. And of course, all I did was do theater. Uh, and so <laughs> I, you get down to it, and, and I, I learned all the technical side and all these different aspects. I took all these classes, and I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to commit, I'm going to do it, right? And so mm-hmm. I auditioned for one school. I auditioned for one school, uh, the Pacific Conservatory of Performing Arts, PCPA, mm-hmm. down in um, Santa, Santa Maria, Maria Central yeah. California. And I thought, okay, if I get into this school, I will continue pursuing theater. And if they reject me then I'm going to try something else. Wow, crossroads. And what they did was they put me on the wait list. And so mm. I, I was looking for a hard yes or right. a hard no, and right. I got a hard maybe. Yeah. And I, it really made me look in and be like, take a moment and, 
and analyze and realize, you know, this is something I want to do. I do want to do theater. I love being on stage telling stories. I love those moments when somebody will come up after you, after the show, and you'll, you'll be thinking, oh, I did, like, this was a crappy performance, you know, mm -hmm. I really phoned it in today. Right. And somebody walks up to you, and they're like, this really moved me this really spoke to me mm -hmm. you know doing the worst show i've ever think i've done right and then somebody comes up after you comes up to you oh i, I tell this story i i did this show and it's going to re remain nameless mm -hmm. but it was the worst production i've ever done mm -hmm. um and i hated it and i was not there for it and i was phoning it in every performance but then i one of our cast members came up to us and said um he said, you know, my, my grandpa came and saw the show last week, and he, he hasn't been there mentally mm -hmm. recently, mm -hmm. but I saw him light up, and he glowed after wow. the show, and he kept wow. talking about it. And then he proceeded to say, he's like, so he passed away earlier this week, wow. mm -hmm. and for me, it was just, it was this amazing thing of like, you never know who's out there. Like yeah. you never know who you're touching who like needs a little boost. Yeah. What mm -hmm. a beautiful story. Yeah. And it reminds me because as actors, we because we this may be the 15th or 16th time we've done this or the 30th time we've done what we're doing on stage and we have no idea that it's the first experience yeah. that the audience is seeing. And uh, I'm trying to think of there was one um well, I can't top your story. <laughs> ah, no, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's beautiful when uh, when others. Uh, well, Candide. I remember Can. I, we did Candide, and uh, Candide is a story by Voltaire, and there's a lot of music, and there's a lot of. It's basically a quixotic story of a one man's journey through life, through all of these. Um, um, Villages and, and things or whatever, but it's also a journey within to his own life to see. Yeah, where it's his a wonderful coming of age. Is. Yeah, and I remember uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Tom. I'm trying to think of his last name, an older actor. Um, he had tears in his eyes, and I and I was like, oh geez, you know, I didn't, I didn't think we did that well. And he was like, it was wonderful, it's just amazing, and it just reminds me that it may be the 15th time you've done it, but it's the first time that the audience is seeing yeah. it. Yeah. So never take it for granted. Oh, God. And that's such an acting thing, too. If, if, if you're doing it, you have to do it like it's the first time right. you've ever said any of these words, even though you've said them a million times. You've <laughs> gone mm -hmm. over them over and over and over and over and over, but it has to be the first time. Mm -hmm. You have to approach it like the first time you say somebody's name. You have mm -hmm. to lift it up so the audience catches it. Yeah. Yeah. All these little tips and tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, it sounds like your parents support what you do. I mean, do they? Yeah, they're very supportive. I, I really love my family. Um, my dad has a... You don't uh, have to say that just because we're recording it. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I'll tell you the truth off the air. <laughs> no, um, but your dad's an artist as well. My He's dad's a, a sculptor. He, yeah. he oh, has nice. a studio in Richmond around mm -hmm. here. Um, and he, you know, he's in the arts. And my mom got uh, a degree in... Um, oh, um, I'm going to butcher it. It's uh, She went to Emerson and she learned about film studies. Oh, nice. And so both my parents are very artistic and very supportive of me doing theater. Mm -hmm. That's um, great. Yeah, it, it's it's really wonderful. I've I've had a lot of really great support and I've been really appreciative of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very cool. Why don't you talk to me about um, your work with San Francisco Shakespeare Company because not only are you an actor, but you're also a teacher and you guys are developing... Uh, these um, curriculums for young kids. Yeah, so at SF Shakes, we're really diving in. You know, we've got a lot of stuff that we've done for a while, and um, 
we're really learning uh, to take a, a more equitable, equitable approach, not only for the the students that we're trying to reach out to, but for the the teachers that we're sending out, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that we're not overworking them, right? Uh, we just did a residency at a school, and I was in this one, that was six classes back to back. Ooh, yeah. And it was brutal. It mm -hmm. was a lot, and. By you know by class six, they're not getting the same quality of a lesson mm -hmm. as number one, two, three, four, five. Right. Um, yeah, they can't be. And so we're talking about you know four classes max in a day. Um, mm -hmm. But we're we're restructuring a lot of curriculum, doing a lot of really good work. Where I, I'm specifically trying to boost the Shakespeare's Heartbeat program. But it's a great thing where we've taken, and I I think I talked about this a little earlier, where we've taken one position where where it was one person. Mm -hmm. And we've stripped that down and we've spread it across a whole work group of people. And we're really taking a more group approach to all these problems. And it's, it, we've seen some amazing um, kind of developments come out of it. And we're really excited. Uh, we need more teaching artists. I think we're learning right. that. We, yeah, no, I told you. I got, <laughs> I got tapped. I was like, oh. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about it. I actually should. There's... Well, it's Shakespeare, though. It is. So many people get so nervous when you say Shakespeare. I know lots of hungry actors who are like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for some. I'd be happy to do it. And you say Shakespeare, and they're like, like oh. can't do that. No. Yeah. But Shakespeare, Shakespeare's not that hard. And that's part I of agree. what we do at SF Shakes is part of what I do. I have this whole spiel. Shakespeare's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. It's still just English. It yeah, is. Right? It's just. It's the know, beginning of modern yeah. English. Yeah. And there's a lot of words we don't use nowadays. Yeah. yeah. And and it's one of the interesting things about Shakespeare. It's one of the very. He's one of the very few artists that is still. Um, it's it's he's he's still. I don't even know how to describe it, but I mean, he wrote his works, you know, back in 1700, but it's still no, relevant. I'm mean, sorry, 1600. Earlier, yeah, okay. yeah. But it's still relevant and it's still real. And it's still, mm -hmm. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine. There's still so many phrases yeah. that we pick up, yeah. like neither here nor there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, skin, off, skin off my teeth. Yeah. And, you know, so it's still very, very relevant. Mm -hmm. I guess a question that I'll ask, I mean, someone may say, well, gee, why does, why does a young person need to know about Shakespeare? I mean, you know, what, oh, why God. is it still relevant? You're asking the wrong people, man. <laughs> I, I'm like, if you want to learn anything about the world, just study Shakespeare. Yeah, and, and you know, I love Shakespeare, but in my opinion, I, okay, this is a hot take. Huh? You don't need to know about Shakespeare, right? Right. You don't need to know about Shakespeare, mm -hmm. but it will help you and it will enrich different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And even to see this uh, this playwright that hundreds and hundreds of years ago writing all these themes about you know even colonialism and the yep. tempest. Yeah, yep. um, we've got the immigration issues. We've yes. got like adoption. We've got the death penalty. These are all mm -hmm. things that are hotly debated today. In integrated patriarchy or whatever. I mean, yep. think about Othello. Yeah, Othello. Yeah. yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about, we talked uh, a couple of episodes ago about Denzel Washington. I saw him sure. in, is it Macbeth? Yeah, yep. Tragic Macbeth. Yep. Oh. And it's still very relevant, and he still made it. I mean, it was an excellent, I mean, it's still in movie theaters right now. Right. I can't think of another writer. I mean, I think of Aeschylus and Euripides. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's Greek theater, and that's still, I mean, you can make it more And it's up still to date. there. I mean, you yeah. still see it. People take those and pretty much just straight adapt them to yeah. modern oh, settings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With Shakespeare, we don't always need to adapt it to a modern setting for you to be able to still feel that yeah. show. It's still no. fresh. 
Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to say. It's still fresh. Oh, yeah. It's still relevant. Romeo and Juliet, I mean, there's still young kids right now in 2021 mm-hmm. who can relate to those I characters. I hadn't thought about it, but like uh, you could take Twelfth Night because um, here's a wonderful refugee play. Mm, yes. Never thought of it that yeah. way, but that's really, you know, the story starts because this ship wrecks on this coast and these people are thrown into a foreign land. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a wonderful thing about Shakespeare is, is you can take <clears throat> most most of the plays. I want to yeah. say every play, but not every play. Not um, really, no. <laughs> uh, you can take most of the plays, and if you want to really highlight one theme, mm-hmm. it's not that difficult to do. Right. Shakespeare is incredibly adaptable. Yep. You know, the stories are there. Shakespeare's not going to rise out of his grave and say, oh, you got this one <laughs> word. Don't cut right, this right. line. It's really important. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. I'm not a, there are people who are Shakespeare purists. I'm not a Shakespeare purist. I say, abuse the text. Get in there. Do whatever you want to it, right? We we just did what is an adaptation of Pericles. Right. I think they changed the ending of the play, and Mm -hmm. I think the play is better for it. Yeah. You know, and and you're trying to tell a story. I I would say don't do that with every play. Maybe don't mess with Hamlet too much. You know, and Romeo and Juliet is pretty succinct. Except that when you've got our Hamlet, you know, the, the, and I, I didn't realize that Branagh apparently did a four-hour Hamlet. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah, I didn't realize that because that wasn't performed in Shakespeare's time. There was no four-hour Hamlet. No. That is the amalgamation of all these other scripts mm-hmm. through a period of time where Shakespeare, Shakespeare is also gorgeous to actors. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. when that actor leaves with that skill set, when your, your Toby Belch, your um, Falstaff, leaves the company... And some little guy comes in. You don't write stories for big belching man anymore. You know, you don't have that actor anymore. Hamlet, you've got all kinds of different storylines that get emphasized. I mean, I'm sure the pirate story ends up coming in from some stupidness like that yeah. because it comes out of nowhere. And the Queen wants pirates. We're gonna Shakespeare. Yeah. You got to put pirates in this play. Yeah. yeah. And you think about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Uh, the inspiration from Hamlet. And yeah, it's like yeah. people are still finding interesting storylines, even within yeah. Shakespeare's storyline, yeah. oh, which yeah. is still fresh. No, there's so much that he gave us. And, and I'm, I'm about to do Tempest, so mm. with a group of seventh graders. And I always, and I'm, so I'm in, I'm just about, Tuesday will be my last pitch day. I've gone, mm-hmm. they've split the class into smaller units. Tempest is with Puck. And, no, no, no. Uh, Ariel and Caliban. Oh, okay. That's Midsummer, which is the other show they're doing, which I said <laughs> immediately, okay. please do not ask me to do Midsummer. I don't want to touch it. It is I think it is the most perfect of Shakespeare's plays. I really? love it. I love the structure of it. I just think it's so gorgeous in the language. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to yeah. and I don't want to have to convince a bunch of kids mm-hmm. to make it work. I would rather work with a bunch of skilled professional actors and say, yeah. "Where can we take this that's going to be new and interesting?" Tempest, a little easier. But I have to sell all these. Yeah, the themes are one. (gasps) How are you dealing with 13-year-olds come up to you and say shit, and you're like, I never thought about that. Girl comes up to me, and she's a little tall. She's more than a little. She's probably one of the tallest girls in her class. She is taller than average, which for a girl, especially at that age, can be very problematic. She's definitely dealing with some identity issues. You can see just by the way she stands, the way she wears her hair, the way she's just turning away at every moment, which makes it hard for me running a class trying to get the kid engage the kids. We finish class and she sits down waiting for somebody. I'm packing up my stuff and I say, "Well, which show are you going to do?" Because they actually get to say which show they'd like to do. Mm. She says, "Well, I'm thinking about Ferdinand." 
I went, oh. And I make a big deal about talking about gender and talking about, I'm happy to think about this and that. And I thought I was being excited because I said, what about Caliban? If you make Caliban female, what you are setting up is a storyline where the most powerful person on the island really treats his daughter like a princess, but treats this other girl like Mm. shit. Mm. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that interesting? She says, Ferdinand, I never considered it. And I went, number one, you are solving my problem of trying to find a 12 or 13 year old boy to play this romantic role, which they don't want to do. They never want to do. It's always a pain in the ass. And instead, you're giving me that same story that I just described, not to the same extent, but I said back to her, that's Hamlet minus all the deaths. And she went, ooh. I went, yeah, because your father has died, you think. Yeah. Your father has died, and that means maybe you're king now, but now you're trapped on this island, and what do you do, and what's going on? And the only person that you've met is a total dick to you, yeah. but his daughter really is the nice. only person being nice to you. Mm-hmm. So not so much about romance as it is framing that. If you frame that and romance comes out of it, that's gorgeous. But the mistake that I feel like so many people make is let's make this romantic story happen. It's like Shakespeare gives you a pretty thin thread on that. But the context that he's put it in gives you a powerful situation that brings these two people together. It's a great baseline to expand upon, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, I I think with Shakespeare, there is, there's, Problems when it comes to the um, gender bending casting. Yep. Right? Because when I see gender bending in Shakespeare, it's never to the point that I think it's actually meaningful. Right. Right? And I think Ferdinand, as you know, a female role, mm-hmm. I think is a great right. and interesting yeah, choice yeah, yeah. that changes the whole dynamic there. Yeah. But often you see things of like, oh, Ariel will be cast as a woman. And right. Like, that doesn't freaking That matter. doesn't tell Ariel's any... not human. You can do that, but right, it doesn't do anything doesn't... for telling a story no. of yeah. the other half of our species. Statement. Yeah. It I doesn't really you. say anything about women. Yeah. We have 15 minutes and I had like two questions that I wanted to. Oh, yeah. Um, Because I want to I want to get your uh, what was your experience in doing the Baldwin project, especially that scene, Giovanni's Mm. room. Yeah. And I'm so grateful you were available for that. Oh, you know, I'm I'm really glad you reached out and I'm grateful I was available, too. It was was really good. I didn't have much experience with Baldwin before you brought me into this project. So Mm -hmm. I I you know, I'd heard the name, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know that Baldwin existed. But then I started doing a little more research and really seeing how impactful this person was in a lot of people's lives. And mm-hmm. in our first read-through on Zoom, uh, who was it there that said, you know, like, I read Giovanni's Room as a young gay man, and this really was influential and important to me. Right. And I, I, I looked into it, and it, it was so... It was so interesting seeing all this culture. And there's, what is there? This A number Netflix? of gay men said, have said that. At yeah. both readings, we had gay men come up and yeah. say that. Yeah, and I, I had a wonderful time. You know, you get into a, a group with a bunch of people you don't know, and you mm-hmm. do a play reading. I love a nice play reading. I started doing them more on Zoom mm-hmm. um, in the pandemic. Uh, and, and I love not having to get off book, just being able to mm-hmm. have a script in my hand. Of course, yep. I'm always nervous before I get on stage, so I'm shaking a little <laughs> bit, which makes it hard to read mm-hmm. the script. But... I, I had a wonderful experience just doing one rehearsal, you get on stage, and then you read, mm-hmm. right? And right. then you just try to live there as truthfully as you can. Mm-hmm. And this experience for the, the Baldwin, um, this, this uh, play we've read is, I, I am not a, a young gay man in Paris. Right. 
But I've recently discovered that I am polyamorous. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I could tap into that and think of it as kind of a shift into, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm still confused about it. And I'm, right. I don't really understand it. And there are, you know, maybe people within that that will make me uncomfortable mm -hmm. that you have to deal with and navigate through. And all of it was prevalent there. Mm -hmm. All of it was present in that one scene that was yep. chapter two of yep. Giovanni's room. Yep, yep, yeah. No, it is. And and you and you took from the first reading and then even found some more in the second reading. Yeah, I was just amazed because, you know, I wasn't I wasn't privy to the Zoom reading, or at least I, I guess I did my part because, you know, for those mm -hmm. who are listening, the Bald when we did the Baldwin Project, uh, the readings, really there were two scenes. One was the Richard Wright dealing with James Baldwin. Right. The whole um, the son's going to needs to kill the father. Right. The son slay, must slay, the, must father. slay the father. Mm -hmm. Which sort of set up the reality of what Baldwin had to go through when he was in Paris and right. sort of the dealing with the shadow of Richard Wright as the father. Mm -hmm. But then it, we get into Giovanni's room, which is the writings mm -hmm. of Baldwin. I was blown away. I was just blown yeah. away. I thought that you would have had like five or six or seven readings. The connections that you guys had. Um, I forget the actor who played the waiter. Basilio. I guess Giovanni. Uh, the bartender, Bill yeah. Basilio. Basilio yeah. Mendez yeah. the second. Yeah. yeah. Really that nice was excellent. He's a fantastic writer. Yes, he um, writes for Playground. and ah, yeah, uh, But cool. he also, they keep pulling him in as an actor. So he was in one of my things like in December or November. And I was like, dude, are you available for this reading? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even Alan Casmorio and mm -hmm. um, Sean, Sean Owens. Sean Owens, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, all the supporting actors. I mean, it was just, it just, of course, a reading is a reading. But the staging of it and mm -hmm. just the reality. I mean, I could see myself in the bar and the tensions and... Right. It's almost like the nervous first date. It's not even really a first date. But it kind of is, though. It kind of is. Yeah. I'm feeling on display, too. There's <laughs> right. that wonderful thing of like, ooh, everyone in this bar has watched this is watching happen. This. Yes. And is currently, you know, like, I'm in the zoo. I have to give Neil credit. Um, Neil Harkins is yeah. um, going to be the assistant director for the readings when we bring it back next year. Cool. Um, and he said... You left off the best part, which is that moment at the end after you guys, have, you and Giovanni have had your moment, and then the mysterious stranger has walked away, and all of a sudden Jacques steps back up and says, everybody's been watching you. And it's what we have just been watching. It's just what, what yeah. we've been seeing. I was yeah. like, dude, yes. <laughs> and and it, was, it was awesome to watch, and, and uh, because it's hard to get a connection with actors if you haven't had a lot of time yeah. working with the actors, but sometimes the the, the words yeah. do all the work. Yeah. And you guys let the words do all the work. Well, it was some fantastic writing. And that's something with Shakespeare. I, you know, and bringing mm -hmm. you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Uh, of course. <laughs> is, is, if you can do Shakespeare, you can do just about anything. Yeah. Right? You start looking for those levels in yeah. other texts. Yeah. And I really saw it in James Baldwin. Mm -hmm. It was amazing because, I mean, it, with Shakespeare, you really you have to trust the work. You right. Know, trust the words are there to support you. But you also have to make sure the audience knows what you're saying. And yep. there was this poetry within the language mm -hmm. that in, in Baldwin's text that I, I really felt that each line had a specific purpose. Yeah. Right. And yep. you don't see that a lot with every playwright, you know, mm -hmm. or every every book, because this was an adaptation of a book. Right? Yeah. It wasn't even yeah. a play. It was straight. Yeah. Straight out of the text. Yeah. And I, I thought it was amazing. 
being yeah. able to just yeah. scoop that and then mm-hmm. trust that the text is going to get you there. But also, like, if you dig into the text, you're going to find more in there to unpack yeah. and, and put on this shelf of this performance that you're putting yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And even the pauses. I mean, you guys had, like, you know, like little pregnant pauses where, you know, maybe mm-hmm. the two of you are checking each other out or you're saying, okay, what's he going to say or whatever. Mm-hmm. All of it was really, really nice, really, yeah. really naturally done. Or even maybe if, you know, like you forget where you are and right. text and <laughs> take a nice pause and trust that moment yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> just let that moment let be that it's moment part of the performance be. don't pull out of it and say oh i'm sorry i forgot my place let it be part of it yeah you know? and yeah. and no other audience may get to enjoy that no. it may not happen again you definitely you know the biggest mistake as an actor is to go oh i did this thing last night so i'm gonna do it again today mm-hmm. if you can't organically fit it into the play you just need to, yeah. that was a beautiful moment, and goodbye. And sometimes the audience situation. needs that pause to sort of take in, because mm-hmm. a lot of times, if you're just rushing, you know, words, 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 yep. you know, the audience's mind. Yep. I mean, when I listen to, when I see a scene or whatever, and there's just way, maybe too many words, mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of it art is not even necessary. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, wait a minute, what did I just process beforehand? But I still got to process what's being said right now. Yep. And, all, and sometimes you just tap out. So sometimes pauses are good. Sometimes what's not being said. Yeah. Or you can act by not saying anything. But you have to earn a pause. Yep. Exactly. Very good. I've seen so many actors and I'm like, just oh my God, this play could be twice as fast if you just yep. cut out well, all sure. this <coughs> unnecessary yeah. noise. Yeah. But you, if, if you've earned the pause and you've, you've kept going, you've kept going, you've kept going in contrast. Yes. Excellent point. Yeah. That's know. exactly right. That's exactly right. You, yeah, you've got to earn it. And your audience will fall into that. They will be in love. Yeah. Yep. Where do you see yourself in the future? What do you want to do? I mean, do you want to, I don't know, go to L.A., New York, or whatever? Are you happy here in the Bay Area? Are you a frustrated actor? Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm a bit of a frustrated actor, mm-hmm. but I am happy here. I, I don't want to go to L.A. It's, it's too competitive, and everyone only cares about film. I enjoy mm-hmm. film. I, I think I prefer doing theater on stage. There's something so mm-hmm. beautiful about that live aspect of it. Yep. New York is amazing. Um, I don't think it's for me. I think that's more of a musical scene yeah. in general. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some great off-Broadway stuff and yep. some great plays done there. Um, OSF would be my, mm-hmm. my, my Broadway right there. I would love to perform for OSF. Um, oh, or Oregon? Oregon Shakespeare, Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Festival. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. yeah, I think Phil Wong is up there. Yeah. I think I just saw a post where he was like, hey, hey, and he's got the little, uh, what do you call them, the lamb, the... Lanyard. The lanyard. Yeah. yeah, he's got the lanyard with his name on it. it says OSF. I'm like, oh. dude. But I am, yeah. I am a little frustrated as an actor through the pandemic. I really learned that mm. I've been just doing show after show after show after show after show after right. show after show after show. Right, right. And uh, I, I really didn't have much of a life outside of doing theater. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I couldn't make plans for things because mm, it's like, yeah. oh, it, it just inevitably is, inevitably is going to conflict with theater, and right. so. I realized in pandemic being forced to take a break how much of my life I am pouring into this mm-hmm. and not to say that's a bad thing mm-hmm. just to say that I need to take a break every now and then in order right. to be a human being in yep. order to do good theater yeah. mm-hmm. so you can't just keep diving in and diving in and diving in you know and that's a big problem with LA is that I've talked to some people and they say all they talk about down there is acting you yeah. know, you go and you meet people and you talk about acting. You right. go and you, you know, you audition for things and yeah. it's about acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not a fully rounded 
human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no life to bring on stage yeah. or on in front of the camera because mm-hmm. you haven't really lived. I mean, yeah. I mean, acting is living, but you know, there there is a life that you have to bring. You you on have stage. something you have something different that is mm-hmm. that you can tap into, but it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm playing, I keep playing these uh, parents of adult characters, and it's freaky to me. And um, I love in water. Um, I love the characters that the audience never sees, so they only know that character through my experience of them. And I actually wrote to Wendell Pierce, who is a nationally recognized actor, does film work, um, rooted right now, I think, in uh, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana area. Um, but he had been at ACT, mm-hmm. and I saw him in a show, um, Uncle Vanya. Oh, nice. He played the doctor, and he literally came skipping across the stage one at one moment. But it was a black man skipping across the stage. Yeah. That was not the skip of anybody and but the a black man. Sort of the love interest. He's sort of he's the, the love hot interest. Guy. Yeah, um, and his uh, his facility with the language was perfect and wonderful. The character in Water by the Spoonful, my son's name is Wendell, and I say that at one point. And so I started thinking, well, who is Wendell? Who is my son? I went. That's who my son is. Not an actor, but that's who my son is. That is, my son has, I forget, he's a doctor or something, and he's um, got a family who I have not seen in 10 years. Wow. And because of my bad history in the play, um, I'm like, that's perfect. Wendell's not somebody I know. He's somebody I admire. This Making that connection, that personalization means that when I say that name, that's the image that'll come into my heart. I'm like, oh. So I wrote him. <laughs> I said, dude, <laughs> I'm making you my personification. You're going to be the personification of one nice. of my characters. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 don't apologize. Yeah, no, nice. I said, I hope, I hope you feel, I, you know, I hope you are delighted by that. I didn't want to use the word honor because oh, that okay. sounds like I'm I hope doing I'm something. You. No, but yeah, yeah. no, that's awesome. You're but I said delighted. I hope you're delighted. By yeah, it. and it's all about character building. You're trying to build your character, and you're like, what can I pull from life? Yeah, that can I don't want that to character. be a dead word. I want that to be a that means something to me. Yeah, exactly. It is one thirty, so we should close it up. Yeah. Shout outs, birthdays. I'm, I'm going to try and run through my list as quickly as I can. Um, but it is a well I skipped that one because you have it uh, the poetess Anju is um, uh, somebody that I got to do SF Shakes with oh, oh no not SF Shakes no I'm sorry oh, wow. word for word yeah um, oh, oh nice. there's a wonderful Tahoe has an arts organization that brings you in for like a week and we did a week there and they put you up and everything and that was and she was in that we yeah. um, did it for word for word and she I'm was in one ten in the shade was she yes, Anju yeah. yay um, Alexandria Patricia Polis is a young woman that I know. Um, I was dating a woman, and it turns out her niece was going into college to do theater. So, and she got to meet me, and she was so excited to meet a real actor. I'm like, whatever. William Allen Taylor. Um, ah, yes. Yep, his birthday's coming up this week. Rudy Guerrero, um, who is somebody I've known pretty much my whole career in Bay Area theater, but he is now. Um, with Playground, and that's been wonderful. Gar Lowe is somebody I knew as an actor, and I think he's more on the sort of tech. Uh, he works with his hands, so set design, lights, and things like that. Mm-hmm. No. Brady Lee is a writer. Donald Brinegar was my college, um, college high school um, choir director, and he got to direct um, Fiddler on the Roof at one point at his church. And wouldn't bring me in until he was so desperate for men that he finally did, because he needed the male voices. 
And he ends up sticking me in Anatevka, which is this beautiful song towards the end of the play. And it's all the main characters out there singing about they're going to leave their little village of Anatevka. And because he needed the voices, he adds me in. So we finish this rehearsal. It sounds beautiful. And I go up to him and say, I'm sorry, so who am I in this village? And he says, well, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're singing baritone. No. <laughs> who am I in this village? Who is this little black guy in this Russian village? Who am I? And that was when I started to have these conversations about diversity. Um, June Palladino is the partner of... Annie Stewart, who does casting, and I forget what her... She's like the associate producer... Playground. Of of Playground, yes. Um, But June was involved with um, Theater Rhino. Her birthday's this week. Marianne Rogers, um, who was in... um, Love her. She was in Pericles with us, um, and does directing uh, out with Livermore a lot. Yeah, it's Spark. Yeah. Liz White-Salk is a somebody I met who is really a comedian, amazing comedian, and then she started writing, writing really good stuff. And I think Lonnie Ford is the last one I have. Lonnie Ford, African-American actor who I kept hearing the name. Occasionally I would see him around. At one point we finally got into a conversation where he said he had been involved with uh, I Ain't Your Uncle when the Mime Troupe had done this show. And I was like, Oh, I never knew. And suddenly it just like opened a new window to who he was and um, a history, a part of Bay Area history, theater history that I just wasn't aware of. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Those are mine. All right, mine is pretty quick. Crystal Piamonti Young, I think you saved that for me. I did. Uh, she, uh, her birthday is today. today. And uh, I saw her. She she was in uh, Playground. She did the play uh, just last. Mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doing wonderful stuff. So oh very no, it wasn't the. Uh, it wasn't old man. It wasn't row uh, your boat. Was it? Oh, it was the Bo Peep. Yeah. The Bo Peep. That was crazy. <laughs> oh, that was a crazy play. Yeah, so uh, happy <clears throat> birthday, Crystal. Uh, Angela Jaros, her birthday is March the 27th. I acted with her. A wonderful singer. She's an operatic singer. She was in Candide. She was, uh, I believe, Cucamanda, who is the uh, leading actress. You mentioned poetess Anjou, and you mentioned uh, W. Allen Taylor. Uh, Crystal Brown. Oh, is uh, her birthday is March the thirty first. Wonderful actress. I last saw her. Excuse me. She was in um, the Human Ear. Yes, um, with Anton's Well. Anton's Well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's been a guest on the Yay and wonderful, wonderful person. Let's see. Do I have one other person? I thought I did. Wayne Rohde. Wayne Rohde is, we've talked about stage managers. He mm-hmm. is a stage manager extraordinaire. He's now in L.A. His birthday is April the 1st. Uh, he stage managed me when we did, I think, Candide and also 110 in the Shade. Fantastic guy. I feel um, so sorry for people whose birthday is April 1st. Like, <laughs> does everybody give you shit oh, about April that? April Fool's. My yeah. grandma's <laughs> birthday is on April 1st. Here's and, a present for you. Yeah. Ha, ha, yeah, exactly. Shows. I'm just going to mention um, Water by the Spoonful, which just opened, and we'll be running through April 23rd at SF Playhouse and trying to see if I can get Dorian to give me a date so that I can actually say, I'm going to be on. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the show at Central Works, um, Escape from the Asylum, oh, from the yes, yes, I which have is running that. through like April 17th or something like that. It's the week before. Uh, yes, I... Uh, Though if it gets somewhere. audience, it will extend. And it's weird now for theater companies because... You know, they're trying to be mindful of COVID protocols, so they're not trying to cram people in. But it's hard to say I'm going to extend the show if you aren't 
you know, it's, right, it's exactly. an interesting challenge. So right now it extends through April the 17th, but it may go further. So right. We'll see. Yeah, it's, it's scheduled to run through the 17th, and they've got the possibility of extending at least yep. a week. I'll run through these real quick. Um, Strings Attached. That's actually a video streaming on Vimeo and Amazon. Radhika Rao is on it. Oh, nice. And Cynthia Lagazinski is a co-director for it. So Mm -hmm. check that out. Cinema 3.0. And I have a link for that. Intimate Apparel, playing at the Magic Theater. April the 1st through the 16th. Kari Moy Mm -hmm. is in that. Also, another uh, favorite actress of mine, Janae Simon. Uh, we oh, were all yeah. In <laughs> Janae is great. We were all in, um, oh, shucks. Um, Civil War Civil Christmas. Civil War Christmas, yes, exactly. Uh, Baked, <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> Baked the musical. Um, Faultline Theater is doing that. That's actually a reading, a musical reading. Eko Yamamoto, mm. who's been in nearly everything that's been going on mm-hmm. uh, in Bay Area Theater. Uh, sh- that, she's in that. And that'll be only one day, April the 2nd. Mm-hmm. Echo is also in Steel Magnolias at Sierra Repertory Theater, April the 14th through May the 15th. Right. So you can check that out. Coffee Lady is being played at the Awesome Theater, March the 31st through May the 5th. And Yumi Kabori is in that show. Mm-hmm. Bridget Dutta Portman wrote the piece. They were both guests on the A, and I have a link to that. Mm-hmm. August Osage County, playing at the San Jose San Stage. San Jose Stage. Terrence Smith. And Letita Duarte are in the show, mm. and I have a link to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viet Gong is still going on. Uh, Jeffrey Lowe is directing that show. City Lights Theater, March 24th through April the 24th, and we have a link to that. We talked about Escape from the Asylum. Uh, Alan Coyne and Jans Leifler is in that. Gary Graves directed it, um, and we have a link to that. April the 17th is when it closes, but it may be extended. We'll see. If it does well, yeah. Yeah, we have a link, so you can check on the link to see if there's any changes. Dot, new conservatory theater company is um, is being playing right now. Mm -hmm. It began March the 4th. It ends April 3rd. Kim Donovan and Kimberly Ridgway is in the show. Sean J. West is um, directing it. Mm -hmm. Allegiance, Palo Alto Players. That'll begin April 22nd through May the 8th. Mara Sotelo is in that show. Mm-hmm. I believe that's an all Asian cast. Yeah, so I check think, that out. I think it has to be, yeah. Um, a couple of podcasts. Barry Graves, our good friend, is doing a podcast, A Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Mallory Samara uh, has a, her day job is KCBS Radio, and she has a podcast called Connect the Dots. Check that out. Which I've heard. Very fun. Yeah, and Bindlestiff has the Fobcast, so check that out. Exploring Philippine American immigrant stories. There we go. Uh, Evan, did you have a good time? Oh, yeah. Great time. Yeah. I mean, lovely just sitting and chatting. I wish we got some of the conversation we had earlier in the patio. On oh, uh, yeah, We're yeah. going to have to do outtakes. <laughs> yeah, we had it some, yeah some exactly. Well, we'll get you back on one of these yeah. days. Uh, thank you so much. And also, jerseys. I posted a thing uh, this week mm. on um, jerseys. So if you want a jersey, it's we have black, we have white, we have pinstripes. They're $30. So check that out. And uh, check out the folks who... Have jerseys see if you want to see what it looks like to have it on. Uh, we're on all podcast apps. If you have an p- iPad or an iPhone, we're on that purple podcast app. Uh, SoundCloud users, you can use the uh, Sound. I uh, Android users, you can use the SoundCloud app, which is on SoundCloud.com. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter or at the Yay3. We also have a Yay Facebook page. I'm at Red Space Clay. I'm at Hoosier Hoosier. Evan, do you have a uh, social media? I'm yeah. not on Twitter, and I just deleted Instagram. So I'm <laughs> off social media yeah. for a while. But oh, all on of it. Face- Facebook, on Facebook right? I'm on Facebook, yes. Okay. I don't check it, but if you if you find me there. I'll okay. be doing a word-for-word word production this summer. Um, oh, nice. Boys Go to Jupiter, so if you want to see me, go see oh, this. Oh, right Sweet. Who's directing? I can't remember. Oh, do you know who's okay. promoting it? Uh, what company's doing it? Word-for-word. Oh, word-for-word. Oh, word yeah. word. Okay, word. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. 
yeah, yeah, definitely check that out, and we'll post, we'll uh, have that on our link, our notes, so that people can check it out. Yay! All right, let me get you guys out of here. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful Saturday, and as Norman and I always say, we gotta find a better sign off, and we are out. Yeah.